Hello, welcome to episode 1B or episode 1 part 2. This is Shutter Count and you will hear a continuation of a conversation from part 1 or A, the A side of this first episode uh, where Steven and I, we were talking about uh, cameras and talking about crop sensor cameras and if you enjoyed episode one hopefully you came back to listen to episode one part two please enjoy now, i think this is a good segue into um one of our topics about um choosing uh, a first a person where if they were to choose their first camera um for me when when i uh, chose my first camera and then when i was looking at what system i wanted to buy into um, I really thought about uh, the way I went about doing that is, um, of course, uh, many people listen to this and Steven yourself, I'm sure you're familiar with 500px. Um, for, for me, that's just one of my favorite sites uh, to go to to look at uh, images. One, to give me inspiration. Two, um, I use it very heavily at that time uh, to see what these images were looking like coming out of these cameras. Because on 500px site, uh, you're able to do a search and you're able to do a search by uh, camera body. And so when I was choosing which camera I wanted to use, again, when I chose that D3200, I did that after um, looking at many images that that camera was able to produce. First of all, I also liked the price. The price was uh, very lovely at the time. I can't remember how much uh, I spent on that camera actually now. Maybe it was three, I'm, I'm trying to think it was like, maybe if it was a, if it was a $300 camera. Um, but it, the images that came out of that camera, to me, I was impressed by. And I thought, wow, um, if these kind of images can come out of this camera, then I'm going to buy into that. And I still do that today. Uh, today, as I said, I'm, I'm happy with the D7100, but I'm always curious about what camera I'd move into next. So I did that with the Fuji. I did that with the Sonys. And um, I did that with the Pentax cameras that came out. Uh, just looking at what in, what are people, normal, regular, everyday people, what are they producing, what are they posting? Um, I want to see how those images are able to be edited and how do they compare with everything else on 500px because, you know, 500px has like a bunch of uh, lovely images. Uh, as far as cameras that I think are, are a good pick, um, of course, you can see that, uh, again, I'm a Nikon guy. Uh, so as, if I were buying a camera today, if I were to um, give someone advice on what camera to pick up today, I would tell them, hey, why don't you pick up a D3400 um, because it's, it's in that same series, uh, 3000 series of beginner camera that Nikon has. And I feel the images that come out of those uh, bodies, they're just, uh, Nikon has very good dynamic range. Um, and that's what I really like about these bodies. So if you're getting into shooting for the first time, those bodies also have like a lot of, um, they have guides in, the, in there, the bodies for first time users. Uh, where they kind of teach you a little bit about the ISO and, and about shutter speed and aperture. And um, they also um, show you um, examples even within the body of what an image would look like at, um, say, for example, certain different uh, shutter speeds. But I still even would recommend the D7100 and the D7200 as first-time cameras because those cameras now are getting a little long in the tooth. They've been on the market for a long time. 
and so there's some like really good prices on them uh, the one that I'm shooting with now I caught I caught um, on a sale and I believe it was even a refurbished from B&H um, I caught that for about four hundred dollars and I just to me it just feels like a steal as far as what that camera uh, is able to do for me and, and I think that you're going to also want to think about an important combination when it comes to these first cameras that someone wants to use. Uh, now, I wouldn't recommend staying with a kit lens, even though you can do that. But what I found personally for myself, when I had that kit lens, and that was the uh, Nikkor 18-55mm, to and I know they've made some improvements on, on that. They've come out with uh, two different versions uh, since the one I got with the D3200. Um, but I still feel that that lens is just when it comes to performance and speed um how fastly how fast can it uh get focus it's just it's just kind of slow and i also think that that lens will have you believing that the body that you're using um is is very noisy i, I just remember a lot of those first images that came out of that camera for me were very noisy not as sharp i, I thought I, I was kind of thinking that the DSLR hype wasn't all that it was should have been and meant to be uh, with that lens. It wasn't until I uh, bought a Nifty 50, the Nikkor uh, 50 millimeter uh, 1.8, that's an FX lens, and put it on that body that I really started to see my images pop and that clarity come out. And it looked more uh, like these images look more like what I was expecting, you know, when shooting with a um, DSLR. And this to me is even true um, of the D3400 of today. I have a friend that is shooting with a D3400 and uh, I think that uh, 18 to 55, even though it's improved, is still um, slow to, to get focus. Now, I haven't done a whole lot of editing of um, images, of her images um, that have come out using that lens, um, but I think that it may still be true that the resolution that you see that come out from that, that lens isn't going to be as good as, say, even the Nikkor 35mm 1.8 or that um, that fifty millimeter. Yeah, what do you think, Steve? You, you you have any recommendations for someone if they were in the market today, a first time camera buyer? Hey, Shauna, thanks for touching on Nikon. I'm gonna touch on uh, Canon since I shoot Canon and Fuji. Now, um, for Canon, if you're starting out in photography, a good camera to start out with is the Canon T5i. Excellent camera. Yes, the sensor is old, but you can get some great photos out of it. And like I said earlier, um, some of the best photos in the world were not shot with today's gear. Uh, so go ahead. You can get a Canon T5i and uh, you can get some great photos. You can also get the, the T6i. You also have the T6. Then you also have the Canon um, T7i. Excellent cameras. Uh, then you have the Rebel Series 2, you have the SL2, which is a 24 megapixel camera. It's also not a bad camera at all. Uh, my favorite for somebody starting photography, um, especially if they're considering Canon, you can go with the, uh, either you can start with the 60D. I shot with that for many years. I learned a lot of my photography on that camera. Uh, and you can't go wrong with that. It's cheap. Very, it's very cheap now. Now, if you have a little bit cash on you, I will recommend going with the ATD. I recently went to Best Buy and I played with it. I was impressed with the um, response of the camera and, and also the quality. The autofocus, you know, although not the fastest, it was 
way faster than the 60D. So um, play with that. And also, um, one thing I did like about the 80D is that is the live view. The live views when you look at the LCD screen on the back of the uh, camera, Canon um, calls it the, L, uh, the live view, and then you can take a photo with it. Uh, typically, with the older Canon cameras, live view was uh, is very slow when it comes to focusing. Uh, but with the ADD, uh, it, 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 the, that that uh, problem is gone. You can focus really fast uh, using the touch screen. You could touch and it will focus. And I was impressed with that. Another one to consider is the 7D. Again, uh, just uh, before I move on, I forgot to mention all the other cameras that I've mentioned earlier. These are all APS-C cameras. Uh, they are not full-frame cameras. So uh, the 7D is also an APS-C camera. It's one of uh, Canon's best APS-C cameras. They do have the 7D Mark II, which shoots 10 uh, frames per second. But you can get the first version, the Mark I. Uh, 7D is a very... Um, it's a highly recommended camera by a lot of people in the Canon community. Now, if you want to go full frame, I will recommend going with the uh, Canon's cheapest full frame, which is the, I mean, or one of their cheapest full frame. Let me let me say that it is the 6D. The 60, the latest one is the 60 Mark II. It might be expensive, but you can go with the 6D. The 60 Mark One has been an excellent camera. I have uh, several friends that shoot with it. And they've done weddings and all kinds of events and it's you just can't go wrong with that um, 60 uh, again if you have a uh, more cash on you then you can go with the 5d series uh, the Canon 5d mark 2 has been around for a while it's, it's very cheap now because you have the mark 3 and then the mark 4 which is top of the which is you know the latest one uh, 5d mark 2 is a workhorse it's a, a lot of pros use the 5d um, series is uh, I use the 5D Mark 3 uh, but again like I said you could go with the Mark 2 uh, if you have money you could go with the Mark 4 I, I rented it for a wedding and I was impressed with the performance of it so uh, that's for Canon uh, there are other you know high level cameras but again we're talking about somebody studying photography now for Fuji I would recommend start going with the X-T1 it's been around for a while, but it's excellent. And then the thing you need to realize about Fuji is that Fuji continues uh, continues to update their camera uh, framework. And last year, uh, the X-T1 got a framework update. It made it almost like new. So go with the X-T1. It's very cheap um, now. Now, if you don't want the X-T1, you could go with the X-T20. Yeah, X-T20 um, is um, the sibling of the X-T2. It's slightly cheaper than the X-T2, but sometimes it has some features in it that I wish the X-T2 did have. So uh, go with the X-T20 if you can afford that. And then you can also go with the X-T2. These are APS-C, uh, I shoot with um, Fuji, um, and I, I sometimes I like it over the um, uh, Canon full frame um, cameras. So uh, that's just my quick recommendation of uh, for somebody who is trying to start in uh, photography. You know, Steve, you say something in interesting. I just, just want to say you say something interesting just because uh, when I'm usually talking to people about their first camera, um, I, I just I usually tend to take them in the, the to the crop sensors. You know, I don't think about so much the full uh, full frame sensors, but I, I think that's because Canon does have an advantage there.
you know, in that um, they have some uh, good priced options for full frame. I when it comes to, to Nikon cameras, I I don't think about uh, recommending a full frame uh, sensor camera just because I don't really know of anyone that would be within that price range that I think a first time camera buyer would want to be in. Um, now I think um, this it this brings up a good point. And I was thinking when you were mentioning that, I said, well, you know what, if, if I knew that uh, first time camera buyer wanted a full frame, I would actually point them towards Sony with the, with the recently released a7 III. Um, you are right, Sean. The um, a7 III is an excellent camera. It's getting a lot of great reviews all over the internet. Um, it's one of um, Sony's, uh, they call it the cheapest full frame, but it's, uh, it's more than that. I'm actually I've actually been considering um, replacing my Canon 5D Mark III with the A7 III. Uh, it's something that I'm still uh, contemplating. And uh, again, uh, this is not to say APS-C cameras are not good. They are they are excellent. I shoot Fuji, like I said. And the difference between the APS-C and the full frame, the difference isn't too much. And it all depends on your style of shooting and you know what you actually want out of the camera so uh, i think for the most part the one area that certainly full frame will excel is when it comes to low light and i've shot events where i have the fuji with me and i had the canon 5d mark 3 with me and when they start dimming the lights uh, the fuji still gets me great shots it's it's a bit grainy uh, but it's one of those nice grain so I, I can still use the image but I decide to you know usually when it's when they dim the lights and oh there's low lights I just switch to my Canon and then I'm able to you know you, you see the advantage of uh, full frame so uh, certainly um, if someone is starting out in photography too it's definitely not wrong with uh, going with um, full frame and then you can start with uh, if, you know if you have the money you can start with uh, a camera like the Sony a7 III. Um, I wish I had that option because, you know, I'm just shooting crop. and But I do see the improvements in, in the crop sensors. Uh, for instance, like uh, on the Nikon side again. Uh, I was looking, I was very much interested in the D750. The only thing that scared me away from the D750 was that it had some of the oil issues. Um... I think I, I believe that that was a camera with the oil issues, and so since it had that issue, and it was something that Nikon tried to fix and said they fixed, and then the problem was still found again. I, I stayed I stayed away from that camera, but I was very curious about the quality of that camera in comparison to the um, D five hundred. <coughs> Excuse me, the D five hundred. Um, from what I saw, had uh, you know there there were instances where the resolutions. You know, if they framed the subject up uh, the same way, it was very hard for them to tell the difference. Hey, is this a 750 or is this a 500? Now, as they started getting into darker and darker scenes and raising up the ISO, of course, you could start to tell because you saw, uh, you could start to see which image started showing uh, more green in it. And of course, that was uh, the crop sensor of the D500. Uh, but you know, but you're right. You know, these these crop sensor cameras are very powerful nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. They are they are really powerful. I mean, I mean, yeah, think I'm about curious. think about the cam the cell phone camera, right? 
I mean, cell phone cameras are getting, I mean, they, I don't think they will ever beat DSLRs, but they are getting better. <laughs> they are getting better. I mean, I've seen some, for example, the iPhone 8, you know, I had a friend uh, who would take these photos on Instagram and I'll be looking at them like, who took that photo? The camera looks really good. So one day I asked, I said, what camera are you using? He said, it's an iPhone 8. I was impressed. You know, that's, that's just a small sensor, a really tiny sensor. So... I mean, the PSC or Micro Four Thirds, I mean, the, the technology in these cameras, which are, you know, much bigger than the cell phone, I mean, they are getting better and better. So I, um, I mean, some people still believe that there is no way and the APS-C will beat a full frame. I mean, you know, people look at the physics and the science behind it. Uh, but they are getting better. I think there will be a point where it will be very close. It will be very close. It won't, you know, and and that's where I am with the with the Fuji. I mean, I have a 5D and I'm I'm using more of the Fuji. I've gotten comfortable with it. I know it's it's its strengths and weaknesses. So, and because of that, I'm able to get, you know, I know how to push it and and how to take advantage of certain situations to make the images much better. So that's right. Let me ask you something. Um, when it comes to uh, someone asking me, because, you know, hey, so people see you with a camera. Um, they start to, you know, they, they're going to, people want to get into, a lot of people want to get into photography, and then they ask you about this question that we're just answering now. Hey, what's the first camera I should get? Uh, with those same uh, people, do you ever talk to them about editing software? Yeah, I do. I do talk to them. I always, because, um, you see, people have this... Uh, idea the camera will do everything but i always tell them you know the camera i mean the best the best camera is your eye nothing beats the eye so i always tell them you're gonna have the best camera you can have the best camera in the world and it, it will still not be able to recreate everything that your eye sees so at some point you have to edit you have to learn how to edit um, and that reminds me of the my my good friend that i sold the 60d2 um, you know, he was taking photos and he was taking good photos, but then he wasn't editing them. He would just take them in JPEG and upload them. So I had to, um, show him, Hey, you need to start editing. So I actually introduced him to um, a software. I think we're going to get into that, um, soon, um, Luminar. Um, um, I'm going to elaborate more on that, but I had to really get that get uh, the idea into his head that you need to edit too and editing is not cheating some people think it's cheating you you photoshopping something something fake or you know doing some sort of composite but that's not you're not cheating you're you actually trying to recreate what your eyes saw um so that the the viewer will appreciate it all right it all it all depends on the look that you're, you're going after uh for a lot of these uh, people who are just getting into uh, photography I know when I'm talking to them, you know, they'll, they'll say like, wow, you know, I'm not able to get these images looking exactly the way I want to. And um, with my first camera, that was what I was chasing. So I mentioned the 500px uh, site. So I would spend a lot of time on 500px looking at all these wonderful creations, all these talented people. And so I was judging myself. Um, and I still do to some extent, not as much these days, but. I was judging myself according to what I was seeing on that website. So I'm thinking to myself, if this guy... So again, I said I made that camera choice based off of the beautiful images that I was seeing by other people who also owned this Nikon D3200. 
And I and I kept thinking to myself, like, how bad am I if I cannot produce the images that this these people are posting? And uh, it took me a while to realize, you know, just um, the power behind editing and um, what certain. I think uh, a lot of people they do they do believe that you you click that shutter and then you just print images you know and, and they don't really think they don't really know how much actually goes into editing and that's something that I had to learn how much goes into editing um, so of course I asked that question because it was leading us down this path of you know about the editing software that we use and um, I'm sure and I know you use Adobe and I've used Adobe extensively in the past um, um, but I feel like you have more experience uh, because I, I know I've talked to you in the past about some of the software and what you use and what you don't like and what you do like. So I know that you have more ex extensive experience with um, more software. Uh, as for instance, for myself, um, I've only been exposed to um, Adobe Lightroom, Adobe Photoshop. I've pulled in the Nick collection, you know, when it comes to those presets in, uh, in Lightroom and, and Photoshop. And um, now recently, um, using Luminar. Um, but yourself, I know you've done Adobe. I believe you've also mentioned On One, and you also use Luminar. And there might have have been more that you've uh, touched on. I uh, just let's uh, talk about that those, those editing softwares. I mean, which one would you like to start with? Well, I mean, I started with. Um uh, Adobe Lightroom. I mean, when anybody who gets into photography, if you don't hear that name, then you're probably in somewhere else. But um, I, Lightroom was where I started. I and I had to master it. I I learned every. You know, I don't. I'm not a guru, but I learned Lightroom so much. I got comfortable with it. Um, but then it's one of the first things I noticed was how slow Lightroom was. It was sluggish. It's slow. Uh, guys, uh, just bear with me. I'm, we both are family men, so you may hear some kids in the background. That's that's just uh, real life. <laughs> um, but um, like I said, I, I learned um, Lightroom a lot. One, one area you can really, um, if you go on YouTube, one person you could follow that will really help you to learn Lightroom a lot is Anthony Morganti. Um, just look him up on YouTube. He has some really good um, extensive training on Lightroom. That really helped me to really master Lightroom. Great guy. Yeah, he's getting into a lot of Luminar lately now. It hasn't yeah, he does a lot of different um, softwares. Now he's doing Luminar. He's doing uh, On One. He's been doing a lot of On One videos. Uh, he's great. I like his teaching style. It's and it's, and it gives you a lot of information for free. Um, so he's he's one guy. Do you think Luminar? Well, do you think Lightroom? Uh, just just to talk about um, Adobe Lightroom. Do you think it's a software for beginners or is it intimidating? Uh, would you recommend people get into it and try it out? I think every every photo. If you really if you are really serious about photography, at least if you don't want to get into Photoshop, Photoshop can be intimidating at first. I mean, when I started, I didn't want to. I wanted to avoid the Photoshop path. I never wanted to go to because I remember the years ago before I got into photography, I opened up Photoshop and I was just intimidated by what I saw. It's, it was like some sort of um, you know post trauma thing <laughs> with me. So I never really wanted to get into Photoshop, but uh, Lightroom, you have to get into Lightroom. It's, it, Lightroom's power is photo management. I mean, it's 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 something that is very hard to beat. Um, a lot of other softwares I've tried, but Lightroom is, it ex excels. 
and it has um the, the tools are also very good it's just lightroom weakness has been it's just slow and i know recently adobe came out with some update and some people have seen improvements but it's it's slow i remember i had to um rebuild my computer i, I don't know if you remember sean i rebuilt my computer and i made it so powerful and i thought man lightroom will fly and it was still slow um so um but lightroom at least give it a chance and learn it and see if you like it but i'm the type of person who uh, i'm always looking for alternative software uh i always don't go with what's popular i'm always trying to look for something else so i use luminar um and the reason why i, I i'm heavy on luminar is because i when i was using adobe lightroom and it was it was becoming so slow i heard about nick collection and so i bought nick collection that was it was then owned by google um and i was impressed i was so impressed i used nick collection for a lot of my edits and then of course nick collection uh, google uh stopped the development and so the closest to nick collection uh, is luminar and i like luminar it reminds me of um you know luminar is like if you if you're an apple person you like apple products it's kind of like that it's like a mac you know apple you know they carry the apple philosophy you know and i think originally it was made for the mac and then it came to windows yeah and i was going to say that makes sense because uh, the company is is named used to be uh, named mac fund they of course recently changed the skylar yes. skylum um but it yeah it was a software that was only at first available on uh, the Macs. exactly exactly so I mean, nowadays I use, and believe it or not, I, I, I use Luminar for 90% of my edits. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, a lot of my photos you see there are all Luminar. I, I have, I use Adobe. Adobe is very good for mass edits. If you have to do um, Adobe Lightroom, if you have to do like, like, especially when I do weddings or events and I really need to edit on the fly, I'm in Adobe. And believe it or not, I'm still using Adobe Lightroom 5. Um, I refuse to go on the subscription. Um, and, you know, 6, Adobe Lightroom 6 wasn't that impressive. The speeds weren't impressive, so I stuck with 5. And, and again, 5 is sufficient. I don't need anything else. But I know the, the new ones have um, uh, HDR and Panorama and all these other features, but 5 still works for me. Um, I, I still, you know, it's, 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 it's what I need when I have to do mass edits. Um, I use um, On One. Uh, on One was it's, it's also great, um, and the reason why I like yeah. On One is it's, it works well with the Fuji Fuji RAW files, um, and it, on, on One looks promising. It looks promising. The first version wasn't as great, but the second one, uh, which I upgraded to, looks really promising. Um, so On One is good. I'm, but I'm looking forward to the Lumina. You know, the they're gonna come up with uh, the digital. Uh, asset management so I'm, I'm i'm just curious to see how well it will compete with um adobe yeah same here i'm i'm i'm, I'm actually uh put get, getting behind luminar and i've gotten behind them in a big way um i wanted to uh talk about adobe in a positive way first and i was so glad that you uh were talking about the ease of use and which i agree with lightroom it's very easy to use i mean when i first got into it i um you know got in there like i think like most people do moving around sliders seeing what it does to the images and um excuse me i found it that yeah it was it was it was very it was very 
easy to get used to. Um, now, I want to go back to that experience of when I um, shot that wedding with you. Now, here I am coming home. I have, uh, I think I had like maybe 1,100 files. I can't remember. Um, and then remember we did another wedding together and I, and I, I think I had even uh, more files that day. I don't know. You're supposed to have less files as you get better, right? <laughs> but, but I had, I had about, uh, I think maybe <laughs> not necessarily, <laughs> I had maybe, um, 1400 files. I can't remember. Uh, but it was, I knew it was higher than the first and, um, I'm sitting at this machine and, you know, if you're talking about one image, uh, or if you're talking about, let's say five images and you're stepping between five images, it's not a big deal. But when you're culling <laughs> over a thousand images, you know, uh, that performance and that speed that uh, so many people complain about with Adobe products, uh, with Adobe Lightroom in particular, um, I just kept getting hit with that. Um, I stuck around. I actually um, w stuck around until about late last year using the latest version. No. Yeah. Maybe late last year. Yes, I'll say that. Late last year, early into this year, possibly. Um using the latest version of Adobe, I was a part of the subscription plan. And uh, I held out hope, you know, when Adobe said that they're finally um, going in, they're making improvements, they're trying to uh, address the performance issues that many people have been talking about in the past. I wanted to stick with them, you know, because I felt like, you know, Adobe, and I still feel that Adobe is the number one um, uh, company in this space. And I want them to win. I want them to do good. Now, after the after they did this, these updates and after they were getting uh, rid of the being able to um, buy a sole product and not have to pay a subscription, I, I didn't really like the way that felt. I was already a subscription user, so it wasn't really affecting me personally. But to me, it just spoke to um, how the company was thinking. And then when I did not feel that that promised performance uh, to me, that was the last I was just the last straw. Um, I, I broke up with Adobe and my breakup story is, is it really felt like breaking up, uh, uh, ending a, a troubled relationship because, um, I contacted Adobe. I, as a matter of fact, I couldn't find a number to call them. I, I don't know. It was late at night. Um, so I, I went through the website, I was logged in and I dealt with, I don't know if I was dealing with an actual person or one person, or if it was just a computer the whole, the whole time. Um, but I had an, um, a text conversation with an Adobe agent or a false, a fake agent, um, where I was trying to cancel the subscription. This process literally took me over an hour just to cancel this subscription. So if I was already feeling sour, I only started to feel worse as uh, it took longer for me to end this subscription, you know, um, and I, I just didn't know it worked like this. So now I thought that if I'm a subscriber to Adobe, I can just end anytime I want. They they will see that I've been a subscriber with them for four plus years. I mean, they wouldn't want to, shouldn't try to like, you know, hold on to me other than ask me if I wanted to stay or not. But it really felt like I was getting trapped. You know, I, I it was a, it took such a long time because I was being told um, that I'd had to wait until the end of the year, until September, because that's when. That's probably when I first bought into the subscription. And that's when my subscription was going to uh, uh, renew again. And I'd have a chance to get out of the sus subscription then. But, uh, you know, I was telling them I'm unhappy with the product. I don't want to use the product anymore. I don't want to get trapped into this product. I believe if you have a great product, you don't use those tactics. You don't try and, and trap 
you know, a customer into using your product. You know, you, you, you let them go on, let them be, let that last experience be a happy experience. That's not the kind of experience I have with Adobe. Now I still hold out hope for them uh, that they will improve and that they will get it, get better. And I do totally agree with you. I believe that they have the best solution um, right now when in Lightroom when it comes to managing your files uh, to editing multiple photos at a time. Now I've never used on one. <clears throat> And I've, I've, I really don't have extensive experience uh, with any other um, editing program because as far as I was concerned, Adobe was, was the main player and that's what I was sticking with. Um, but those performance issues and this, the amount of time that it took them to even start to talk about um, dealing with those issues in a real manner, to me it just was inexcusable. And so I saw this, what I still see as an underdog, Luminar. Now, even though Luminar is an underdog, even though Luminar does not have a digital asset manager, um, for me, at least the way I like to work, that omission makes it very painful for me to use Luminar because I do like to be able to see a set of images, um, see if I'm editing them um, to, for them to look like a cohesive set. And it it's just makes sense to do that in in a in a um asset manager that's a part of the program that I'm using to edit. Now Luminar doesn't have that yet. I I'm not I don't want to say I'm not patient. I don't feel patient, but uh, I know they'll add it and so I'm holding out hope that it'll be at some point in the middle of this year, not the end of this year. But um uh if you look at my Instagram you'll start seeing and from this point forward I think I'll I'll start calling out uh, being their cheerleader saying showing that the images that I am editing are with Luminar. So I myself I'm not I'm I'm a hundred percent, you know, Luminar at this point. I've totally gotten rid of Adobe. I've I've deleted uh the software off of my machine and that's the only thing that I'm using to edit right now. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean I thought I mean when I Lightroom started getting very slow, I I started looking for alternatives. Uh, it's like I, I can't deal with this. It's, it's like you said when you call in images it's I mean, where do you take like, like you know sometimes two thousand photos and I actually use a, a software, free software called um, Fast Stone. Um, it, it works really well. You could call images really fast, and I don't. I actually do that outside Adobe. Then I import it back after I call it with that back into Adobe. But it was just too cumbersome, so um, I decided to look at on one. By back then, you know, like I said. Um, Luminar wasn't for Windows, so it was for uh, Mac. So On One came, and On One looks very promising. But the first um, version with On One uh, was it was still sluggish. You know, when On One was coming, they they had they had all these videos. It was going to be fast and all of that, and and they were doing it on the Mac, and I was impressed at how fast. And and the, the thing with On One, there's no catalog. You don't have to worry about catalog and like Adobe uses catalog you just go straight to the folder and it just pulls your files but when they released it it wasn't as fast as i thought and i have a fast computer i mean i'm running on i7 it's you know just as the solid state drives and i have loads and loads of memory and good graphics card and all of that but it wasn't as fast but they just came out um last year they came out with another version um and i upgraded to that one and it's a lot lot faster so uh, but um, believe I'm using more of Luminar, more to edit. Especially you know nowadays I'm I'm doing a lot of portrait. You no, know, I'm not doing a lot of events. So Luminar 
helps because it's okay, so that, that's interesting to me Stephen because I, I want to now I want to kind of ask you a little bit about that because when I look at on one to me it looks like on one is um is, it, it seems like a stronger contender to me to the Adobe products than Luminar so so why is it in your opinion do you lean more towards using um Luminar than on one on one um like I said, when you first start, when you first came out, it wasn't a complete product. Uh, they kept adding on, and, and I was a bit, I almost left them because um, they made promises. Like there were certain basic things that were missing. You know, you couldn't see histogram. Um, what else? Uh, I'm just trying to recall. But there were some very, very basic things that you expect the photo editor to have, and they just didn't have that. And they kept, you know, releasing updates, and I thought they will release updates to finally make it like fully like Adobe, you know, <laughs> Adobe ready, Adobe Lightroom ready. But then they, they stopped and then they came out with a new version and they added those features to that version and you have to pay to upgrade. And I was upset. I, I almost left them until I saw reviews and it had, you know, the speed was better and all of that. So I said, let me give you one more try. And this time I'm a lot happy with it. It's it's faster. It's still a little. If you have to call through a lot of images, it's still a little behind. I st I still think Adobe, even with Lightroom Five, it's still a lot faster. Okay. In pulling up the images, but I on one is very promising. It's very very promising. So I, I still have it. I still use it. Um, uh, but uh, for me, um. If I have to do like single edits, uh, not a lot of images, uh, Luminize is, is, is the way to go. And I, I, I think if Luminar comes up with the digital asset, asset, uh, asset management, I think they're going to be a huge threat to, um, I think they're going to even beat on the one and they're going to be a big threat to Adobe. So now for you, so now you said if you're doing single edits, you're going to uh, choose, you choose Luminar. So now what is it? What is the appeal? Of Luminar for you, uh, ease of use. Um, it the is very uh, responsive. You know, it's it's not perfect. It still has some annoying things that it does, but ease of use. I was impressed. I mean, the first time I used it, that one was in beta, uh, beta version. I was I was like, wow, this is amazing. And and the other thing is, I shoot Fuji right, and Adobe Lightroom doesn't play well with Fuji RAW files. Um, you get this sometimes wormy artifacts and, and some other stuff. It just doesn't, you know, the images don't look sharper on uh, Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom. So, uh, but um, Lumina, I can just pull the raw files right away on one, two, and that's the same thing. Uh, but Lumina is just, it's just friendly. I like some of the presets. Um, it makes it's easy to work with, you know, and it works with layers, you know, it has layers that you can work with. It's just a lot, lot friendly. And that's how it's supposed to be. And I think it's good for somebody starting in photography. I think Lumina is a great software to start with. Yes. Yeah. See, I, I agree with you. I, I think it is um, a good software to start with. You know, for me, um, again, I have the experience with Lumina. I don't have the experience with on one. When I look at on one, it just reminds me a lot of the Adobe products um, I feel like the fact that Luminar, and now this might sound like it doesn't make sense, but I feel like the fact that Luminar is so easy to use, it 
tend to, to me, it sometimes feels like, I just wonder, is it as powerful? You know, like, like, am I able, cause, because I'm not personally, I'm, I'm not someone who uses a lot of, um, LUTs. I'm not someone who uses a lot of, um, presets. Now, those are things that I do like about Luminar, the ease of the presets and how many they have that come out the box. And, you know, when I bought it, it they, they gave an offer of even additional presets. And I like that. Um, but I just when, when I see a program or software works that way, a lot of times I feel that, all right, am I actually given the raw power that I need right, to do to do everything that I want to do? Because I, I like, um, again, my background, maybe because my background being IT, this is why I think this way. I don't want soft, a software to hold my hand, you know, then I also worry that if a software is holding my hand, then will my images now come out looking a lot like everybody else's images because we're all we're doing is just moving these sliders that's moving more than one aspect of that image is shifting more pixels, right? Um, but I will say that I have taken um, that approach to Lum with using Luminar of uh, doing a lot of the um, the raw processing um, with the um, uh, what they call it in Luminar. It's called um, the, uh, the, the the raw, raw develop, develop yeah. The raw develop. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot. I do a lot with that. Um, th there's some things I really love about Luminar. So I, after when I first started using it, I think the problem was that I had a few images that probably weren't the best. Um, there were a lot of problem at problems with those with those images. Maybe it was a good way to maybe it really was a good way to start out with Luminar. Um, let me start with the positives before I, I bring up this particular negative. Um, I'll say that yes, it is very easy. Um, I like to me, I like the approach that Luminar is taking with these layers. You know, it reminds me of uh, Photoshop, right? How you're able to uh, take these th different layers and you know just just control an image you know with layers and have that sort of thinking um, to, to uh, in, a, in approaching an image I actually like that um, Lightroom Adobe I, I secretly was hoping that at one point Adobe would start to bring those layers into Lightroom and when I saw that uh, Luminar offered that that for me that was a major selling point um, because I actually like working I actually like working with layers um, and so I, I have, I have so much fun. Um, I started off typically with a raw develop layer, um, and then doing, doing everything I can. Uh, I love this, this accent AI filter that they have as well. I, I, I just think it does great things to the images and, and I like the ease of creating a preset. So if it wasn't so easy to create a preset, I don't think I would have been as happy as I am with Luminar because since Luminar doesn't offer uh, that digital asset manager and give me an ability to see all my images um, at once within the within the software for me to understand, am I uh, creating this um, one look that I want to for this for a series? Um, having this ability to create a preset so quickly and easily um, and then take that preset and apply it to um, every other image that I open um, it's it's uh, something that I really value. Now I think there's something missing in the, um, the 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 version for Windows that's there in the version for um, for the Macs because I was looking for this where you can create a preset and then apply that preset to multiple images at once. And I and I saw that off I saw that uh, mentioned a few times uh, as I was looking for it because I was looking for that sort of functionality. And I think the Windows software still has some updating 
um, because I think that functionality still exists on the Mac. If anyone is listening to this, um, please feel free to comment. I don't know what platforms uh, you can comment on here, um, but yeah, please please let us know if that's uh, possible. You know, um, still in the Mac, but I didn't see that. You know, in in Windows. Um, the the other thing that well, you were about to say something, Steve. I was actually saying I actually agree with you because. Um the Mac has some extra features. I, I, I remember when I started using Lumina, the first version, I was looking at all these um, tutorials and I mean, all of them were done on the Mac and they say you could do this, you could do that. And the Windows was like, it was like bare bones. Um, even with the 2008 version, there's still some uh, things that are missing, um, like you said. So, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna catch up. They're gonna come with an update soon to make it you know catch up with the market yeah i think they know that they're yeah i think they know that they're in a good position you know there there are a lot of people i mean if they're staring at the market i mean i i'm not i don't know what the uh the numbers are of people that have left adobe you know with these other alternatives you know coming on the, on the marketplace um but I, I i feel like once i find a program that i can work with i tend to try and stick with it and i don't personally i'm not one to shift away very easily and if Adobe lost me, I feel like there are a lot of other people out there that they've also lost. And if if Luminar is detecting this shifting market, then I'm hoping that they're going to move very fast on bringing in some of those um, capabilities that are not on the Windows version. And then also, please, you know, give us that uh, digital asset manager. Um, there are some downsides that I have seen with Adobe. So I talked about um, dealing with some of these problematic images. So I had a, a few images that I'd taken. Um, they were they were pretty dark. It was a story behind that. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about this story in another podcast, another episode. Um, but a lot of these images uh, didn't turn out the, the way I wanted them to. Now, of course, you know, uh, set up everything, get the lighting right, and then do your edits. That's the way photography is supposed to go. But sometimes it doesn't go that way. Um, so with some of these images, I had some dark images that I felt like if I were in Adobe Lightroom, that I would have been able to uh, bring to a point that I'd be happier with than what I was able to do in Light in, in Luminar. Um, I feel like the pixels in Luminar are a lot. Uh, they tend to even be more noise, uh, show more noise, um, and, and also feel like. Um, there's less room. Uh, it's just the feelings that I have so far. I haven't um, really taken um, an image, you know, side by side, but and taken one image and then just adi- just edit it in Lightroom and then take that very same image and just edit it in Luminar. Um, but I've been working in Adobe Lightroom for such a long time, um, and I've seen what I've been able to do with that software, and so I approach Luminar with that same feeling, and I, right at least at first. I was uh, slightly disappointed in what I um, was able to do as, when it comes to correcting uh, some of these issues like uh, like noise and, and, and um, re- uh, bringing up these shadows. Um, but as I continue shooting and continue bringing more and more images in Luminar, I'm actually happy. I, I feel like I'm just I'm having to get used to um, different extremes of what's possible, you know, in this new software. Um, but the things that I definitely like, you know, two thumbs all the way up are the, that startup speed, 
I was very surprised when I first opened up uh, Luminar and, and to see how quickly the software itself opened up, how quickly it opened up these images. Um, it, it's yeah, it's really good to speed. If you tend, to, if you want to lean on some of these presets, I think you can uh, get a pretty image very quickly. And then I also think that they offer some pretty creative uh, presets as well, like the the trick that it has with that sunlight ray feature. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I have yet to play around with that myself personally because I don't really have any images to play around with that. But I've seen, and anyone can do a, a search online to see how it works. And, uh, and I've, I've done that myself, and I think it's uh, pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, Illuminize is, I mean, it's very, very powerful. Uh, it's, um, I mean, I normally tend to push my raw files. I'm very, I push, I try to squeeze everything out of the raw file as much as I can. Um, some people are pretty light on their files. I, I push my raw files and I do a lot of pushing in Lumina. I mean, the, like, but like you said, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the noise, uh, you gotta, you have to be careful with the, uh, the contrast, um, sliders, um, they tend to introduce a lot of noise, um. Um, I noticed this the sliders and they are very responsive but they're not you know the changes are not as drastic you have to push them really far out um, there is a way to control the noise you just one of the best ways is to I, I have found is to zoom into the images and then you can be able to use the noise uh, reduction to um, to really um, control the you know the noise in the images but most of the time I tend not to do my noise reduction in Luminar. Uh, one of the softwares that I still till this day believe I mean 100 is, is still the Nick collection. Nick collection has um, um, a tool known as uh, let me see here it's called the um, Define. Okay they have a tool known as Define it's meant to reduce noise. It's one of the best noise reduction tools. I mean, uh, Adobe is one of the best when it comes to noise reduction, but the Nick collection, Define, um, I know they've stopped developing it, but till this, till this day, I still use it. I still use it to uh, reduce a lot of my images. Um, I mean, noise in my images, it works really, really well. And it has many, many controls to help you to really figure out where am I reducing the noise? Which part of the image is it going to affect? Because again, noise reduction, you got to be careful. You can end up softening your certain parts of your images that you want, you know, whereas you want certain parts of the images to be sharper. So um, I normally do my noise reduction out of Lumina, but, um, you know, if, if it doesn't have a lot of noise, I, like I say, if I zoom in, I can get some really, you know, I can see where to apply the noise reduction. Uh, the other thing I hate about Luminar, uh, I hope they tend to do, hopefully will improve is the, um, is, I don't know if you noticed, Sean, when you are um, making some adjustments, sometimes it doesn't, the previews uh, becomes blurry. You know, it becomes blurry and then you have to move the slider just a tiny bit and then it comes back to the normal state you know i'm glad you brought that up yeah i've noticed the same it's, it's uh it's a bug in the program and so that that brings something else to mind that um i know there's chromatic aberration uh fix in luminar but i've never been able to use it successfully i don't know if that's just a bug that i've i've, I've experienced 
Um, and I've looked this up online. I don't know if uh, no one else has ran into it because I haven't really found that uh, topic online. Um, but I'm not able to correct uh, chromatic aberrations in Luminar because it just makes my images look blurry. I mean, have you tried to do that? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, the, because I, I shoot Fuji a lot, um, sometimes one of the... Um, uh, let's see, uh, problem with Fuji is when you're shooting like backlit subjects, sometimes you do tend to have the, you know, chromatic aberration. So um, I tend to use that a lot. Uh, Lumina, it's, it's, it works. You just have to, it's not as, you know, Lightroom, that's one area that Lightroom has a, an advantage over. Lightroom, you know, it's just one button you click and, it will do it for you automatically or you can manually clean yourself with lumina you you have to do it manually um they have sliders out there that will let you um i think it it it, it will it will neutralize the color you know the purple fringing um so i've done it i've done it successfully um i, I know the first version didn't have that but this the, the second version um i've i've been successful doing it and I haven't had any issues though, but it's not it's not as you know seamless. Okay, yeah, I, I've tried. I'm, I'm gonna still keep my my uh, eyes out for that. I'm gonna search for uh, any topics I can find on how to correct it, what I need to do, if it's my machine, if it's uh, the the file, the Nikon file. I don't know, but I'm not able to successfully correct um, uh, this fringing. Um, and, and I understand it's a manual process. Um, I've tried to even be as light as I can when it comes to the sliders and not move it very much. As, as long as I go beyond zero or beyond center, wherever that slider is, uh, it, it just blurs out the image. And so to me, it just makes it um, useless. And I, I just, I, I've forgotten it um, in Luminar. I don't even look at it as an option. I just hope that I don't really have to deal with an image with a lot of, um, color fringing in it because I don't think I'll be able to correct it with Luminar. Now you're right. That is an advantage of Adobe. Uh, that's something that I, that I miss, but Hey, if this, uh, product, even if it's manual, when it comes to the, uh, the CA, if it just works as designed in Luminar, I'll be happy with it. Even if it's not an automatic thing, um, but yeah, Adobe, like you said, it's just a click of a button. They have camera profiles. They have lens profiles. Uh, that's something that I hope that, uh, Luminar does, uh, pick up in the future of these profiles to make it easier to, uh, correct, um, even the distortion of the lenses. I think that'd be really nice because it's hard to see those sort of things, uh, manually, at least for my eyes. I mean, um, it's, it's nice to, for that to be a, a button click. Yeah. I hope, I'm hoping they'll be able to do that very soon. Uh, especially like you said with the um, lens correction to you know uh, distortion uh, it's not as seamless as Adobe so I'm hoping I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they're paying attention they will, they will fix it um, I, I know with Fuji um, I normally do um, I use a, a software called iRadiant um, transformer it basically takes the Fuji raw files and converts them to DNG but it does all the, um, uh, it takes the, um, uh, it does the lens correction for you. Um, it can even do noise reduction for you if you want. Um, I also, I don't know if it does chromatic aberration. I don't think it does that, but it really converts it to very nice DNG files, which 
I can then use in Adobe if I want or um, or Luminar. So that that's usually what my workflow is. So I don't usually tend to use the lens correction and um, you know that much in Luminar. Well, I'll say even though we brought out these negative things about Luminar, um, overall I'm sure like you know as you say it's something you go to um, uh, every day when it comes to the images, especially if you're doing one-offs. I know for me, I'm all the way into it. I got rid of everything else. Uh, well, everything else just being Adobe. I've got rid of Adobe, and I'm all the way bought in. And I, I think I think Luminar has a has a bright fruit future. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what they do. Um, I think uh, if there's nothing else to to talk about on on Luminar, well, there are other things to talk about on Luminar, of course. But at least for this first podcast, um, well, maybe not just that this time, but. Uh, I, I hope that, you know, Steve, what do you think of this uh, first show? You think it was a good first show so far? I think it's a good first show. Yeah, I hope our viewers, um, I'm sure they're going to give us a lot of, um, uh, how do you call it, um, be more um, tolerant with this. I mean, it's our first time doing it. So um, I'm sure as time goes on, it's going to get better. But this is good information, I think, for at least you get to see um you know especially photography if you're gonna get into photography you're gonna see it from uh, people like us who also started and um you know our experience well good good I, I feel the same way and and uh i hope everyone listening feels the same way and we'll come back uh for episode two and uh come back every week um for for uh sean and steven this was our inaugural episode. Uh, thank you for joining us and welcome. Please do come back for more Shutter Count.